There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all of the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. Feels like forever since we've done <laughs> I gonna, this. I almost forgot our intro. But it's been like maybe, maybe four days. It's been more. Six. Okay, maybe. It hasn't that been That sounds a week. better. Welcome to the show where we do it in a blizzard. Yeah, welcome to the blizzard. Maybe we'll lose power in the middle of the show, maybe we won't. What is it called? The snow cyclone or something? Bomb cyclone. Oh, well there you go. We're here. And so far we haven't lost power, but... We've not left our house. Yeah. We're here to talk season 10 finale. Called Own It. Own It. Is that what you're going to say? I don't know. It's probably going to say the title. (laughs) I don't know. The end of season 10. As always, written by Christos Gage with art by Rebecca Isaacs. And a little backup at the end of it by... Do you want to take a stab in the dark? No. Okay. I'm so glad we're crediting them. One on... Ramirez? I felt comfortable with Ramirez. Juan and Ramirez? It was the first name that was going to throw me. Yeah, that feels solid. Doesn't. I feel like I did it wrong. We're sorry. I guess let's do this. Yes. I just thought of the fact that you told me the other day that somebody came into your store and asked if you had any other Rebecca Isaacs art, and I thought that was so cute, and that just made me think of it, seeing her name here. Yeah. Like, we probably couldn't afford it anyway. It's not, just go to the website. It's not that much. It's fine. Yeah, it's lovely. On a scale of art, it's I totally understand why somebody wanted it. And I think it's really cute, though, that somebody came into your store and asked for it by name. So there you go. That's all I have to say. You yeah. do have a piece. Yeah, they just didn't want to pay for it. Yeah, it's fair. It's pricey. Let's start Own It. Part one, Home Sweet Hell. So we start in that lovely hell dimension with Don and Xander, and they're eating mushrooms. Because apparently one of Dawn's newfound key powers is that she can tell what poisonous food is, or isn't. So yay, no hallucinogens for them. They quickly get attacked by a demon that Dawn miniaturizes for some reason. But just as they're about to figure out what to do with him, the devouring rains start. Basically acid rain. Yeah. Because acid rain's a whole big thing. It's a fun fact. And so they run into this cave where there's some other demons in there. And they're like, what do we do about the acid rain situation? And all the demons are like, we don't know because everything we build just gets devoured after a while. And Xander asks if they tried a slanted roof. And the demon responds, explain this word slanted. You know what? You knew the word entrails. You apparently speak English. You don't know the word slanted? They don't know geometry well. I mean, me either. You know at least slanted, to be fair. I know slanted, yeah. Yeah. But in case we forget, Buffy is none too happy about Don being stuck in a hell dimension, and her and Spike are roughing up some demons, including one that looks like David Bowie. Kind of, I never even noticed that. From Labyrinth. But unfortunately, David Bowie doesn't have any answers for them at all. Yeah, Buffy needs to get to that hell dimension, he doesn't know how, and apparently no one knows how. Yeah, he's like, there's nothing for me to sell that comes from that dimension, so why would I try to get there? Also, why would you try to get there? Fair. Yeah. But Buffy doesn't like that answer, so she starts smashing things, and she says, you better start giving me answers or I will smash everything. Which doesn't really seem like a good way to make friendships. Yeah. Then she asks where the mistress and soul glutton are. He's like, I don't know, no one's heard from them in a little while. Maybe they're dead, maybe they're not, I don't know. Spoiler alert, because we saw it last time, they're dead. (laughs) Yeah, fun. Buffy and Spike return home only to find that no one has any information about anything. Well, regarding Don and Xander, I suppose I should clarify. Yeah, and Willow reports back that Lake is doing her best. And and... Giles says the fairies are doing their thing. And then Buffy, being the worst person in this universe. 
He's like, I hate you both and all you care about is your new relationships, not my half-sister who's not really a person. Well, not a half-sister. I don't know what you'd call her. She's a full... She's a full sister, not person. A full fake sister. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, so Buffy being the worst is like, you only care about your boyfriends and your girl... Wait, no, they're just girlfriends in this case. You only care about your girlfriends. You got confused. Well, Buffy only cares about her boyfriends normally. That's true. And Willow basically says, yeah, you don't get to take that shot. Right. You shut your mouth. And even Spike's like, that's not super fair now, is it? And she's like, it's fair if I say it is. Well, I'm just going to use the vampire book, the book we said we wouldn't use for selfish reasons, and I'm going to get them back. I'm going to use it for selfish reasons. <laughs> and they're all like, what, what are you doing? And Willow physically takes it away from her, which I really enjoy. They don't really mention it. You just watch Willow take it away from her <laughs> like a child. Very gently. And Spike says, you know, probably shouldn't do that thing we said we weren't going to do. And she just, being the worst, goes, perfect. You judge me for letting her stay there, and now you won't let me do what it takes to get her back. That's just you in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, she's really at her worst, absolute worst. Buffy, I have some words for what you are in a nutshell right now. Unkind. That'd be the one. Yeah, that's what I came up with. Uncouth. <laughs> Overall mean. Yes. And like a child, Buffy goes to her room and just sulks away. Where she just looks longingly at a picture of her and Don eating cotton candy. But for whatever reason, where they're eating cotton candy has a giant banner behind it that says cotton candy. Probably somewhere where they bought the cotton candy. I don't know. Have, they, have you ever seen a giant cotton candy bander? I can understand it like fair or amusement park, but I've never seen just cotton candy. No, I've seen that. Like the cotton candy booth. But in France, right. it's called Baba Papa, which means daddy's beard. If I ever told you that. Super weird. It just sounded like you were watching Bar Bar the Elephant and got drunk trying to say the name. Baba Papa. Which, it's just disturbing on a lot of levels. But yeah. I don't particularly like that name. So Willow comes in to just basically let Buffy know that DeHoffrin's on his way with the council, and they're going to try to do what they can. If they have to use the magic book, they will, but they're going to try to find any other solution. And she's like, you got to get your game face on. And Buffy's just sulking there on her bed, and she's like, I will get my game face on when it's ready. Being the Eeyore she is, she's like, just call me when they get here. Yeah. Considering all of the other terrible things that they've gotten themselves through in the past 10 seasons, this is really no worse than anything else. And they all seem to know about Connor, so can we just use him as a great example of why this doesn't necessarily mean that Don is dead forever? But while Willow is hyping up to Hoffren, we see that he is killing every member of the council. Spoiler. It's not really a spoiler, it's what's happening. I guess it is, yeah. <laughs> and the last guy, the one that he gave the powers to see what other people's powers are to... Right as he is dying, he goes, you have everybody's powers. You have no weaknesses. Ah! And then he dies. But that's a Wilhelm scream. It is in my eyes. I don't know what that means. That's a scream you hear in like every movie. There are like three variations of it. Really high pitched like, ah! Is that really high pitched for you? In my eyes. Okay. It's like in every movie. Oh, huh. Ever. The Wilhelm scream. I don't think I watch screamy movies. They're in every movie. I just watched a whole season of Kimmy Schmidt, so. I bet they stuck one in there. Really? You listen for one. You tell me what it is. Okay. Because incidentally, you just watched a whole season of Kimmy Schmidt. I was reading X-Men. Half reading X-Men. Fair. It's entertaining, especially when John Hamm appears. Look, I'll put the book down for John Hamm. <laughs> Always and forever. <laughs> I'll go ham for ham. That should be your bumper sticker. And DeHoffrin, you know, fresh off of his murder spree, pops into the apartment where everyone is. So I guess they called Buffy down. When DeHoffrin shows up, Buffy's just like, hey, I'm using the book and you can't stop me. He's like, yeah, no, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take it. He's like, yeah, I, I right actually now. can stop you, fun fact. And he just picks up the book and Spike's like, how was he supposed to do that? I thought it was just us. 
And I know that Andrew somehow counted as one of us, but he definitely doesn't. So Willow shoots him with fire, and he's like, invulnerable. You know, basically. Yeah. Spike tries to chop off his head. Doesn't, doesn't work. work. Ooh, look, we said that in sync. Ooh, marriage. I thought you were going to go talk about NSYNC for a while, but no. I guess marriage works too. Do you remember that time that Joey Fatone walked past our table and that was, and I was like, that was Joey Fatone. You were like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. And then it took me so long to explain it to you that he was gone by the time that you could figure out who he was. With all the celebrities that walk by our tables at cons. Joey Fatone was the one that I recognized out of all of them. The only one I've ever recognized <laughs> on my own. And Giles is confused. He's like, how do you have all these powers of the members of the council? And DeHoffred's like, yeah, I remember that provision we put in that if, you know, it was only going to go to the position and that power would be divvied up between the rest of the council until that position was filled. Well, guess what? I am the positions. Yeah, it's not great. Although, here's my question. I didn't see it coming, so good for them. I don't either. But as he killed the members, shouldn't their powers have immediately disseminated to the other members? Why should they all have gone to Hoffren? I don't know. He killed them all. Right, but why shouldn't that last Buddha-y guy at the end get half the powers and Dehoffrin get half the powers? Well, he still would have had his own Dehoffrin-y powers. He still would have had a leg up. I guess it doesn't really actually matter because this is the way that it went. But <laughs> yeah. isn't that a fair question? And Dehoffrin doesn't kill them all because he says he's sentimental. You know, bad call every villain ever who doesn't kill the hero when they have a chance. And he whisks himself away with the magic book and everybody's like, boo, hiss. Oh, we are screwed. My favorite is we have like everyone, they're just silent at the end. My favorite is Spike, whose eyes are just bugging out far more than normal. I thought you were going to say my like, favorite distressed. is the giant crack that goes along all of the walls. Uh, structural damage. I know. I was really concerned about that. Maybe we're old now. We have homeowner problems. Yes. And returning to Anhara, we see Xander and Don, where Xander has constructed a stone archway that has a slanted roof. Okay, I definitely thought that you were trying to say Anara, and I was like, that's the wrong Whedon property. Anhara. Well, actually, he says a gable roof. Yeah, it's lovely. He builds like a stone house, basically, with windows and everything. Open ones. And Xander's like, oh yeah, next we're going to put in doors and windows and heat, indoor plumbing. You're a carpenter. How do you know this much? I'm not actually that surprised. I am. I'm not. And one of the demons asks what indoor plumbing is, and Don whispers it into his or her ear. And they're like, on your world, is Xander worshipped? To be fair, this is apropos because we are under loss of power threat and when our power goes our indoor plumbing goes and i am very much with this i know you're not dear demon you're not used to well living no i miss city water and i won't deny it there's a minor scuffle between two demons because one of them wants a bay window and the other one doesn't put it in yet yeah as they're all building their gable roofs i think that's precious and xander breaks up the fight and being the psychiatrist he is now Tells them that anger is a masking emotion. When we use in place of feelings, blah 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 Fixes it. Xander's grown as a person. The demons cry. And Don gives him a longing look. Maybe the spark is alive again. Can we talk about how many sessions he has had with Dr. Mike? Also, is he, you know, planning on going to psych school or something? Don is there, clearly. As an undergrad in her mid-30s. I'm not even worried about that, but it's odd. Also, oh. how quickly did they get this house up? Because Xander just has, like, a five o'clock shadow right now. Look, no, Dawn's using her new key powers, because apparently they're whatever powers. Oh, so she can move things, too. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. She has all the powers now. Yeah. So can she literally do anything that she wants? Apparently. Except to go home. Huh. Try clicking her heels together, see what happens. Maybe you should write in to your Dawn. It's a little late. Click your heels together. 
But following the construction of said buildings, we see the demons are putting on a production of The Princess Bride, and we see two of them making out, and it's super gross because of fangs and massive tongues and slobber. There's a lot of drool. But you know what? I really love The Princess Bride. Yeah. Xander is crying a single tear from his one working eye. We never did determine if you can cry with an eye missing. Oh my gosh, we forgot to look that up. This world, I don't, maybe the real world, I don't know. I think would think it'd depend on the damage to your, to your duct, but who knows. Do you remember though, Xander brought her to that movie and then they were like, no, no bueno. Yes, but I really do love The Princess Bride. I was thinking about that the other day. Bringing it back. And Xander's like, is this too much? And Don's like, no, it reminds me of home. And sometimes my home is right here with me. And they touch hands. And it's cute, but then they're like, we still want to go home. So one of the demons is like, there's some other outsiders up in that cave. Like, maybe you should go check it out. From your plane of existence as well, they're like, what are the chances? So they bebop up to the cave, and they look inside, and it's glowing green, as it, you know, always means that something good is happening. And there's three symbols inscribed on the wall. And what are they? But a wolf's head, a ram's head, and a deer head. Or a heart. Yes. And my favorite part here is the book gives us translation. Wolfram and Hart, attorneys at law. Yeah, you know what? Again, I stand by. I don't think anyone new is coming into this world. We know. Also, if you were new, knowing that it was Wolfram and Hart would mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, either way, weird translation. Either it means nothing to you or you know. Yes, very much so. But we find out that there is a Wolfram and Hart office on Anhara, and that's where we end that one. And Don also apparently has the magic of getting television and HBO in this world. We don't even have HBO or television. But something about the demons that they can read into the human world, and so she just redirects their power to read into the human television, and then they get Game of Thrones. Good for them. And again, this is Xander's (laughs) idea, because Xander is evidently coming up with all sorts of good ideas to make Dawn feel more comfortable in this world in which she's actually just a total goddess. Yeah. So. The demons are also all cheering for Joffrey. They love him. I know. Which is, I I liked that little touch. Yeah. But then Xander also comes up anti-piracy. I'm with you, Xander. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I tried to, I tried to get around the piracy, but. There are no cable companies in hell. Fair. I agree with Xander. Don't pirate things. Xander says that it hurts the creatives that work behind it. I say it hurts the people trying to peddle those wares more than it does the creators. Yes. I say that it hurts both. I'm more worried about me. I'm worried about everybody. I guess. If you want to be inclusive, just don't pirate things. Don't be that guy. You're the worst. Moving on. You're getting this show for free. Have you ever heard of a TV show called The IT Crowd? You have mentioned it. I've never seen it. Oh, they do a really funny anti-piracy. You know how the anti-piracy little skits at the beginning of movies are sometimes like, crazy over the top and they're like you wouldn't steal a car you wouldn't oh yeah yeah those dumb yeah. things i haven't seen those in a while are those dead now i don't know but they make fun of one and it goes like crazy over the top and they're like you wouldn't kill your grandma and steal the cash in her purse you wouldn't <laughs> and i that's all i think of now <laughs> but xander and Don are talking about how they miss the world when they're approached by none other than lila i never imagined lila's name to have an h on the end that's honestly what threw me most for a loop oh yeah, they, you definitely saw it a bunch in the show. I didn't ever look at it, and in my head it was L-I-L-A. No, it's Lila with an H. Lila Morgan, attorney at law for Wolfram and Hart. Yes, and Lila is not wearing her scarf, so you can see her... Decapitation scar that Wes yeah. left? Yeah. Speaking of Wes, though, what this tells me is that if Wolfram and Hart still has Lila under contract... Wes is too. Yeah. Let's do a story about that, Dark Horse. 
Dear Dark Horse, is anybody listening? No, they say they don't accept pitches for properties that are currently ongoing, so I'll pitch them this way. I'm not surprised, to be fair. If they're already ongoing, then they already have some ideas. Come back in a couple episodes when I pitch the future of these properties. I have one for each. Like Phil of the Future? I don't know what that is. That was a Disney Channel show. Are you Phil of the Future? I don't know. Am I? I don't know. It's a kid with his family who came back in time. I've never heard of this. Really? No. Oh. Not even in passing. It was called Phil of the Future. Cool. And Lila... Okay, going back to Lila. Because Lila's on Buffy now, so that's fun. Yeah, that was fun. I liked seeing Lila. I also liked that they mentioned that you could see her neck scar. And she's like, yeah, normally I wear a scarf, but it's so hot here. Well, Xander's like, I'm not looking at your boobs. I'm looking at your gross scar. (laughs) And Lila's like, hey, you know, Wolfram and Hart can get you back to Earth. All you have to do is add a little couple of addendums in that book. It's not going to hurt anyone. Yeah, she's like, it'll be beneficial for everybody. And Dawn says no. Apparently less easy to tempt Dawn than it is Angel. Also, Dawn doesn't have the book there. So there's part of me that's like, why didn't you just be like, <laughs> just sure, lie. I'll lobby it to my sister. Yeah, totally. The right heir, and then not get it in the book. And oh man, that's too bad. Yeah. You know, in all fairness, just lie. I, what are they going to do? Shake their fist from another dimension? I honestly was like, huh, I can't believe you're turning this down. Like, yes, of course, it's going to be bad if it's Wolfram and Hart, but... They can't make you write something in the book that you don't have right there. Yeah. Anyway. So they decide they've had enough of this crap, and they're just going to try and hop over to other dimensions and hope that one of them has a way back to Earth. Lila tries to dissuade them, but Don's like, no, we're going, and we're taking a couple of friends with us. Demons. Demony friends. Yeah. Because they're all happy about Gable Roofs and Game of Thrones. Yeah, she very quickly won over the demons that were trying to kill them, so good for Don. Also, she's been wearing white jeans this whole time, and her jeans are still white, so again, good for Dawn. Goddess powers. And Lila's like, that's stupid, but good luck doing whatever. And so Dawn and Xander and their two demon companions pop through a portal to another world, because they can't go back through the portal to get to Earth, because they can't close it again. So they have to go through another portal and just try and find their own meandering way back. But Dawn can't figure out where the portals go once they get off Anhara, so problem. We saw Lila touch Dawn's shoulder, and apparently when she did that, she was slipping a tracking device on her. So she says, either they'll find a way back, and that'll work to our benefit, or they'll die, and we'll sell their last known location to the Slayer. And then says, my favorite Lila line, all I do is win. (laughs) I feel like Lila should be a rapper after that line. (laughs) That could be a single. You know, I really do like Lila's just totally single focus. It didn't always work in her favor, but she was never wavering and i appreciate that but since this is a book all about buffy or i guess and friends hop back to buffy yeah and buffy yells at everyone how could you let this happen and she has the best small child yelly whiny face you can imagine it's called a tantrum she's having a tantrum oh my god the art's great on her face yes i just look at that face i'm like i want nothing to do with you (laughs) also that face right there on the next page everyone walk away well we'll get to that face some fan it is the most side eye that we've ever seen in this book Buffy blames everyone and Spike's like, yeah, we all kind of agreed on this together. Wasn't that the idea? Side don'ts. Yes, Spike. You're right. Then Willow's like, yeah, the only reason we're all doing this together is because you decided you weren't responsible enough. And Buffy starts yelling at everyone. She's like, well, I only did that because you all said it was going to be a monkey's paw. And Giles gets right in her face and just goes, you use it as an excuse. Yet another in a lifetime of reasons not to grow up. 
harsh. And then we get the sad side eye. The realization that Buffy is still a child at apparently the age of 40. Although I'm going to drop the age thing. I'm over it. It's fine. Whatever. Okay. Just nobody else in the listenership could see your face right there. You're not over it, but you are going to drop it just because you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Or can I? I don't know. Listen up, Dark Horse. The real age years. (laughs) Buffy will be going on about how the price of... I don't even know what has skyrocketed. And... Look, as a Slayer, they don't have a 401k. True. I don't know. We don't have a 401k. And Spike kind of breaks it up. He's like, hey, let's not do the infighting that we usually do and move on and try and, you know, rally our forces together and see what we can do, including Andrew. And Spike's like, yeah, sure, whatever. We're way past banana walkie-talkies here. I don't know what use he's going to be. So they all separate. I like the banana walkie-talkies. I stand by bananas, the funnest fruit, or at least the most comedic. The funnest? The funnest. Oh, wow. And bestest. Huh. That's not true. It's raspberries, but... I know your fruit references. You don't need to tell them to me again. So they go off to talk to their respective subgroups, I guess. Giles to the fairies. Willow goes to talk to Lake and the government to try and figure out what they can do. And the government's plan is shoot a missile at it, meaning to Hoffren. And the missiles fire off into the sky immediately to explode. And they're like, was that a malfunction? And DeHoffrin just comes over their television set, apparently Skyping in. Okay, but here's my real question. How can every evil villain in every property ever all of a sudden have the technology to take over every TV screen in a given area? You ever notice that? Yeah, it's weird. Skyped in. Okay, anyway. He's like, yeah, don't pull that crap again, or I will seek vengeance! Vengeance demon here. Yeah, not great. Good day to you all. And the government's freaking out. They're like, how could he do that? Will was like, I don't know. We gave him all those powers. They're like, you did what now? Yeah. So just in case we missed it along the way, Willow did not mention her vampire book connection to the government, which feels like an oversight on the government's part, I guess. Not to be like, I don't know. Poor Brack around checks. Yeah. But anyway, they didn't know. And so they immediately pull Willow away and then they strip her of her clearance. And they're like, you are a liability at this point by far and you don't get anything else. So basically yeah. she's fired. And we cut over to our recently revealed to be useless teammate, Andrew, who was called by Jonathan to Dynamite Dinosaur Park. Cute. So many dinosaurs. I like how they also say now closed. Sad. I know. It's like your big dinosaur mini golf. Ah, uh, it's my greatest regret in life. I know. That I didn't make it in time. I know. We could move there to that apartment complex now. Have the dinosaur forever. Mm, let's sell our house. Okay, great. But anyway, Jonathan is still there, and he's like, are you surprised to see me not rotting since you killed... The soulful sculptor? Yep, the sculptor. Got there. Sculptor. I I almost said it too. And it turns out Jonathan has made a deal with someone. An unknown someone. It's DeHoffrin. He made a deal with (laughs) DeHoffrin. It's not that hard to figure out. There's one demon. Well, it also helps that DeHoffrin shows up. He's like, hey, I did it. It was me. (laughs) And they want to try and convince Andrew that maybe he wants to be a vengeance demon, too. He's like, I don't want to do that. He's like, oh, yeah? Well, you could have powers. Look, your friends don't trust you. And he opens up a window to show Buffy and Spike and Willow talking about him. We see the thing. We're like, banana talkies are useless. And Willow's like, I don't trust him. Yeah, it's very much a Beauty and the Beast magic mirror situation. Yes, I understood that reference. Beauty and the Beast when they're like talking? Anyway, I don't know. It, It doesn't matter. Somebody will get it out there. I haven't seen it in many a year. It's played on the TV. You've been there. It's uh, okay. Okay. And Jonathan also opens up another window to Clyde. You know, you know the guy we said looked like Grant Morrison or Matt Lauer. And that episode literally came out the day Matt Lauer got sh- canned. Did it? Yeah, it did. Oh, no. I know. I always I double-checked these, and I was like, ah, funny. 
We didn't mean that. Well, we didn't know a few weeks in advance. I know, I'm just letting the world know that too. <laughs> it's just a funny coincidence. But the Olympics are starting next month. I'm feeling very Olympic. Are we going to get them? I don't know. We'll deal with that off air. Also, would you like to watch Cool Runnings? No. That's okay. You can still watch it. <laughs> yeah, we did that last year. You we watched, did? You Let's watch it. it again. I love it. Ooh, would you like to watch Miracle instead? That's one you've never seen. That you were like, yes, I've seen that. And I was like, when did you see that? And you were like, no, you went too deep. I've never actually seen it. I didn't expect any follow-up questions. <laughs> Just didn't want to watch it. <laughs> That's okay. You can watch it now. Oh, good. It's seasonal. Anyway, Clyde, he says that Andrew... His name is Clive. Okay, sure, Clive, Clive, Clyde. Okay. Clive says that Andrew was too much work for him, that he's trying so hard, but in all the wrong ways. He's just exhausted being around him. Yeah. There's just so much Andrew doesn't get. And Andrew gets sad. He's like, no, it's not true. That's impossible. And, you know, Jonathan being Darth Vader, he's like, search your feelings. You know it to be true. Was he really imitating Darth Vader there? No, but I am. I actually wouldn't be that shocked if Jonathan was as well. Yeah. You know, missed opportunities. And they walk away leaving a sad Andrew. Jonathan does look like Marty McFly. Because he's just wearing a vest? Because it's that same, like, rust-colored vest over a t-shirt. He doesn't wear a t-shirt. It was a white checkered shirt. Oh my gosh, he does, doesn't he? Oh, it's just a rust-colored vest. Sure. It's also more of a red, but whatever. In here, it's rust. (laughs) So, not that much like McFly. So he's wearing a vest. Also, this one has a hood. Oh my gosh, so many complications. Anyway, (laughs) it doesn't really matter. So Jonathan goes off with DeHoffrin to be the first male vengeance demon. And DeHoffrin says that fun little line he likes to say sometimes. He goes, never go for the kill when you can go for the pain. Which evidently he's supposed to say that outside of Andrew's earshot, but they're very close to Andrew still. I'm just assuming that Andrew can't hear because what a weird thing to say in front of the person that you are going for the hurt, not the kill. Yeah. Let me see Giles trying to get the fairies over. They're just like, no, we're not about that. It's fine. Yeah, they're like, we're actually very peaceful people, so... Our leader's dead, but we'll get a new one. Yeah, even though DeHoffrin killed her, like, whatever, we'd just rather be friends with everybody. Sorry. Not sorry. Let me see Buffy and Spike, much as they were in the last issue, fighting their way to get information. But in something that I really like, we see an Archduchess. Looks very much like the Archduke from Angel in Season 5, who was one of the leaders of the Circle of the Black Thorn. And she's part of it, too. She took his place. What up? All kinds of Angel crossovers in this one. Buffy's beating up the Archduchess. Archduchess is what it is in French, and I almost said that. (laughs) Whatever. Close enough. And Buffy has defeated all of the guards. By defeated, I mean killed. And she starts beating up the Archduchess, looking for information about how to get to Anhara, or whatever we called it. And again, she's like, don't know, don't care. And she's taking it a little too far. I mean, she's beating this woman to death. And Spike's like, maybe you want to stop with that? I mean, I know we just killed all the henchmen. And because they're nameless, they don't matter. That old trope. Yes, yeah. I hate that trope. Well, it still continues. It's one of my issues with Wonder Woman in the third act. Like, oh, we can kill 200 people. But look out, we know the name of that one person. That's a step too far. I know. I mean, really, it's just it's a bad third act. I like the first two acts. Yeah. People don't generally die on my shows, so it's not really a thing I have to deal with that much. But yes, I understand the concept. I also wish they had gone, hadn't flashed back to what Chris Pine actually said. I thought it would have been a bolder choice to have it so you never actually heard it. I know. Whatever. Neither here nor there. I've heard that thought once or twice. (laughs) I just thought, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing it. Then I'm like, ah, no, they they went back on it. They got frayed. They did, yeah, but that's okay. And Buffy yells at Spike. She's like, she's lying. She's a member of the Circle of the Black Thorn. You know what? For a secret organization, you guys aren't that secret anymore. Yeah, everybody seems to know about you because I don't think that Buffy and Angel communicated about them, so... I mean, Spike knew, I guess. I guess, yeah. He was there. He was getting a baby, beating up some demons. Oh, 
forgot about that. Forgot about the baby episode. That was uh, near the end. Seventeen or nine? Of season five. Yeah. Not seventeen. Must have been nineteen. Time bomb. Because I was thinking, because time goes away in seven. It's not sixteen. Must be nineteen. I don't know when it was, but I know that we just bought the house. We were watching it right after we bought the house. That's all I know. That doesn't help any of our listeners figure out when it was. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And Spike's like, hey, stop beating her up so much. And Buffy's like, maybe we should call Angel. He'd get the job done. Yeah, low blow Buffy. Like, literally, in these two issues, Buffy has been nothing but... Just insufferable. Difficult and mean. And then Spike leaves. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna go now. And the Archduchess kind of mocks Buffy. So Buffy kicks her really hard in the chin, I assume snapping her neck. Turns out we find out later she didn't. Yeah, because there's this terrible crack. And then she's all slumped over and Buffy just says, not even looking, but to the slave that she's chained to and just goes... Generally referred to as the PP demon. Why? Because they found out the gun was marking his territory and he smelled it and just went PP. So they just referred to him as the PP demon after that. Wow. That was in 505. Anyway. Life of the party. Doesn't really matter, but to the slave guy. She goes, congratulations on your promotion, little guy. You come up with anything I can use, I better hear about it. Yeah, harsh. And then Spike didn't apparently go all that far because he just went home. (laughs) And Buffy found him, you know, across the hall. Yeah, and it still says Spike in Xander's apartment, but Xander is in Hell Dimension for theoretically ever, so. I guess it's just Spike's. I guess it's just Spike's now. And Buffy apologizes. She's like, everyone else is doing their own things. I don't have anyone I can depend on. And Again, harsh. Literally, she's saying that to her boyfriend. Yeah, and Spike's like, you know what? I know that I said I wanted to do normal with you. But I can't be that guy. I think maybe it's time we took a break. And then we all take a break because it's the end of the issue. For a month. And Buffy gets glassy-eyed. As do you. She must be watching a very emotional television show. Commercial. Commercial? Movie. Well, I got glassy-eyed at a commercial. Well, I feel like you just haven't watched that many recently. Okay. And Spike's like, you know what? I was just kind of deluding myself. Our potential for a relationship is pure fantasy. And maybe this is the easiest thing. (laughs) And Buffy just says, you know what? No, we're not doing this. Okay. I enjoyed that moment mostly because, do you know who John Legend and Chrissy Teigen are? I see Chrissy Teigen on commercials. Do you know who John Legend is? He's a really famous singer. I know he does music. If you ask me to name a song, I couldn't. That's okay. You've heard them, but it doesn't actually matter. But they're married, right? And I guess after they'd been dating for a little while, John Legend tried to break up with Chrissy Teigen and she just went, no, (laughs) I'm not doing this. Oh, no, I heard about her um, a couple weeks ago. She was at a restaurant and like the waitress knew who she was and was really nervous and was afraid she was going to screw up and she left her a thousand dollar tip. Chrissy Teigen did? Yeah. I'm not surprised. She's. But, but then the waitress also split it up between the rest of the wait staff. That's really kind. Yeah. Everybody around. So lady I don't know did a nice thing. Yes. But. Is she a model or something? Uh, she was. I, I think she still is and she's just really funny and she's also a cookbook writer and all sorts of things. But she just went, no, not doing that. And then they've been married for 10 years now. Oh, good for them. Yeah. But Buffy's like, I don't have time to deal with this right now. We have to go stop another apocalypse. And then we're going to come back around to this. But right now, I need you with me. She's like, we're going on a road trip. And he's like, okay. We're going to go kill things. And apparently in the five minutes that she's been gone from the Archduchess, she returns to see the Archduchess, who has some bandages on her face and also isn't dead. Yeah, her neck is straight again. So that's good. The slave is still a slave. Yeah, the little PP Not demon. great. We see that Buffy is going from location to location. Next, we see her at Club Coagulate. Ew. <laughs> Where she's talking to Vicky the vampire. And basically, Buffy's going to all of these 
locations that we don't know why. Enemies. Um, we don't know why, but she's getting them to cooperate. And to do a thing that apparently takes minimal effort, which yes. is the easiest thing to cooperate with. Yes. So she's making these uneasy alliances saying that she'll do all of the work of whatever it is that's supposed to happen as long as these other people agree to go along with it. And Buffy walks around with Spike. She's like, you know, I've been thinking about our relationship and it's not something that I want to lose without a fight. And maybe we should stay together. Maybe we shouldn't. But we should probably do the thing that scares us most. And she's like, I want to give it a try. If you do, please say something. And Spike's like, yeah, sorry. I kind of put you up on a pedestal like everyone said I would. And I'm not going to do that crap anymore. So I'm just going to try being with you. That was a really lovely synopsis. Nice job. Yeah, I cut it down a bit, but. You did. They say a lot more words in there, but that's. I think I hit the main points. That's the gist. And it is by far the most mature conversation that Buffy has had in this entire arc. And Spike's had. Ever. Yeah. And they're both just like, you know what? We don't know what we're doing and that's okay. Actually, to be fair, Spike has a pretty good monologue from time to time. Yeah, he really does. But they're both like, we don't know what we're doing. That's okay. We're just going to try to get through this first and then we'll figure out us. And going back to our other compatriots, Don and Xander, they're running around and we either finally see it or we see a variation on it. It's finally happened. The dimension of nothing but shrimp. The giant shrimp. <laughs> Unfair, this time, they're called giant shrimp, so it might not be that dimension, but I have to imagine it's the dimension that's nothing but shrimp. That was an ongoing gag forever. Yes. To the point where it just wasn't funny anymore. Right. But, but it's... oh, I love it. Made it funny again. Yeah. And Xander's like, gotta run away. Yeah. He goes, they're not throwing us a party at all. That <laughs> beer's to boil us in. Beer battered Xander. But basically... Don and Xander and their two demons are going from dimension to dimension. Don can keep opening up portals, but she just doesn't know exactly where they go. Yeah, and they keep on leaving their compatriots behind. One of them is called Rancidus, Rancidius, yeah. and he's going to become ruler of a dimension called the Cyberhive. And then they lose their other friend. To a dimension that needs to be repopulated? Yeah, there are no men, and they leave behind. I don't think they chose his name. name. Doesn't really matter. But slowly Whatever. along the way, Dawn becomes a pirate. She picks up like a pirate hat. And a crossbow and her magic. And Xander loses clothes. Yeah. Also, he's in the best shape he's ever been in. Good for Xander. They go to like an MC Escher dimension. They go to a dimension where they switch bodies and Dawn is confused by all of Xander's hormones. They go to the dimension of darkest fear. You know what? I am going to give Xander some credit though. I'm sorry. I'll drop the age thing after this. She's like, are you really this horny all the time? Hey, if he's in his 40s, he's doing pretty good then. And then they go to the dimension of darkest fear. You know what? I'm sorry. I'll let it go. Like Elsa. Never seen that movie. I'm impressed you knew what movie it was though. We hang out with a four-year-old. We do. (laughs) I'm real aware. I know there's an Elsa and an Anna and... Olaf. He's the snowman. Isn't that Josh Gad? I don't know who those people are. Okay. Yeah, and the dimension of, like, Xander's parents are like, you're gonna be a drunk just like us. And Anya's like, it's your fault I'm dead. And Joyce is telling Don, it's also your fault I'm dead. And the monks are going, you're not real. <laughs> Which isn't even a fear, it's just true. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, fair. Whatever. But they're battling their way back slowly, kind of. And Buffy and Spike return back home, unsure if they're gonna have any extra help in defeating DeHoffer and only to find a sad Willow and Giles who are eating ice cream together. But not just like a bowl of ice cream. They bought like individual sized cups. Yeah. They're not quite pint sized, but yeah, they're, it's a lot of ice it's, cream. It's like a half a pint for each of them. It's a solid option. And Willow's in a bathrobe. Yeah. And they just walk in and Giles goes, oh, hello. Uh. And then, you know, being reminded that Buffy's the worst, she's like, hey, I'm glad you guys are here. And Willow's like, huh. 
are you? Because <laughs> everything you've said recently... Um, Doesn't exactly lend that. Impression. We're not necessarily happy that you're here. And so Buffy's like, look, things haven't been great in no small part because of me. Buffy, it's honestly all entirely because of you. Literally everything is your fault, as usual. And Willow and Giles are like, also, we're both single again because Lake is still with the government and the fairies don't care about anything, so Giles out. Yeah. And Buffy's like, good, now that your relationships are out of the way, let's get a plan together. No, she says. But what she means and what her face says. Yeah. The art is great. Remember that. So the art tends to add a second dimension as it should. Mm-hmm. And much like the season seven finale, and also kind of like the season four finale, kind of like the season five finale. So like every finale ever. I think those are the only ones. They come up with a plan off screen so we don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean. Which, you know, is probably more exciting for the viewer. Probably. And kind of like the season three finale. So like every finale. Not one, not two, and not six. What about Angel? No, Angel never really had that problem. We don't really know the season five finale plan. Yeah, we do. Angel lays it all out. That's literally the only one they do. They literally talk about it for half the episode, and then the latter half is them <laughs> executing it. Yeah, I guess. The first half of that episode is nothing but talking about the end of it. I think I didn't pay that much attention because they were talking. <laughs> Why are we talking so much? And Giles is like, this sounds like a good plan. And they're like, all right, the four of us will do it together. Only for Andrew to walk in. He's like, the five of us. I brought lasers because I have lasers. Remember that somehow. Lasers are useful. I don't know why they said that Andrew wouldn't be useful. He has lasers. And they're like, all right, the whole team's together no matter what. And then a portal opens and Xander and Don are like, hey, we're here now. You guys took too long, you sons of bitches. I see you're just all hanging out together. Fun party, guys. You even invited Andrew. So I guess the portal that they found can open up wherever they feel like on Earth? Yeah. It's unclear. They got there. They found their way back. Xander has many abs. Yeah. And a loincloth. He had to give up his pants somewhere along the way, too. Actually, his shoulders are looking pretty cut, too. Wow. He's got a good line. Good for Xander. And Buffy's like, you guys aren't fighting. You just got back. And they're like, yeah, we are. And they're like, okay, everyone. Listen up, because I have to tell you all the plan again, because half of you just showed up. <laughs> Which... As somebody who frequently has to repeat directions, it's incredibly irritating. So if Buffy lashed out at this point, I would totally understand it. Are you talking about to children or me? Both. Ah, fair. <laughs> and to Hoffren, with his newfound omnipotent power, goes back to his own hell dimension where he apparently runs an LLC. Good for him. I own one of those. I know. You're basically Hoffren. I learned what all the different companies meant at the time, found the best one, and called it a day. Isn't that what you should do? Yeah, I don't remember it anymore. It doesn't matter. You picked the right one. I couldn't. If I had to start a second business, I would have to go relearn all of that stuff again. <laughs> Which one do I actually want to be? You'd probably end up as an LLC again. I know, but I learned all this stuff just long enough to do it once. Eh, who cares? I suppose. And to Hoffman and his LLC, he's like, what is it to be a vengeance demon? Power. And we see that he's expanded his little cabal of vengeance demons from fake Anya, buff Jonathan, and also three other people who we never learned the names of. Yeah. And he's like, you know what would be great? If we could have all the powers that we have when we're executing a vengeance wish without having to wait for the human to ask it. He has a lot of graphs behind him. There's a pie chart, a bar graph. I know. Don't you want to know what those are graphs of? I know. What is? What data do you have there, Dahafran? <laughs> One of them is covering the pie chart shows about 60% of something. What is that 60%? I don't know, but I want to know. Anyway, we never find out, so sorry. Yeah. But DeHoffrin shows them the vampire book and he's like, well, our prayers have been answered. No longer do we have to wait for the humans. What I really like is Jonathan is taking copious notes. 
I know. It's like, vengeance equals power. Okay. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> to be fair, if there were that many graphs in the room, I would feel like I need to take notes too. No one else is. Well, Jonathan's new to the team. And then Dehoffrin Jafar's this. He's like, ultimate power will be ours to command. That was a terrible Jafar. Or Dehoffrin, I don't know. I don't know who that was supposed to be, but it wasn't great. Look, I don't have a fun, boomy voice thing. I guess I could add an effect. I'm not gonna. And he tries to write it down. And as we've seen earlier in the season, the magic book just spits it back in his face. Yes. I really enjoy that the magic book has started to come up with its own regulatory system. <laughs> it's sassy. And DeHoffrin's like, huh, no ultimate power? Okay, I'll rephrase it differently. And it shoots him in the face again, only for Jonathan to giggle at him. I would too. I can't blame Jonathan on this one. And DeHoffrin throws the book down. He's like, impossible! Something is wrong! It's like, hmm, I wonder if this Buffy has something to do with it. And we see Buffy's plan through DeHoffrin's magical window of exposition. Yes. And we find out that what Buffy has been telling all of her Uneasy Alliance members is that if you all believe that DeHoffrin can't make changes in the magic book, then he can't, can't, basically, because the magic is shaped very much by what's happening in the real world. Yeah, we learned that about what the perception of vampires' powers were and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, once again, the magic was in you all along trope. They've established it, but I'm never a fan of it. It's Elf. Yes. When? When it's... I haven't watched Wealth. I haven't watched Wealth or Elf in a while. It doesn't matter. It is. That's fine. And we see the gang. They're gearing up for battle. Dawn has new clothes on. Not really fight-appropriate clothes. They're not not not-fight-appropriate clothes. Rarely is anybody actually dressed for the appropriate conditions that are happening. I mean, if they're all planning on going to murder, Dawn's like, ah, these clothes have gone through fabric softener. If I was going to murder, I'd wear something that hadn't. I'd just wear the cheap oldies. And we see Spike carrying just swords and axes. And you know what? I don't agree with his method of carrying. He's literally hugging exposed sharp blades. I know. It seems really dangerous and also not effective to easily hand them to other people. Yep. And Buffy says the scythe, who has been the solution and problem forever now, really since season seven. Yeah. That if the scythe hits him, it should have the power to be able to take Dehoffren out. When there's a giant boom of thunder with some lightning, and it literally rains blood. Not just a boom, a crack-a-boom. That's very Thor of you. Okay. Doesn't it sound very Thor-like? Yeah, I guess. It looks a lot with lightning and thunder. Yeah. A lot of onomatopoeia in his books. And as it starts raining blood, the roof of their apartment is ripped off. You definitely said roof, number one. Number two... I, for some reason, thought you were going to say it's raining men. <laughs> Not raining men. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's rain and men. And blood. Thank you. And vengeance demons. Thank you. And they are not getting their security deposit back. I thought about that at one point. I was like, good lord, are you in trouble? Put your eyes back in your head, you weirdo. And they're all shocked to see everyone. They're like, Jonathan, Anya. And Xander's like, oh yeah, the ghost of Anya's been haunting me, but it's not really her. And they're like, why didn't you mention that? He's like, well, I didn't want to be a bother. Also, I thought I was going crazy. And they all yell at him, as they should. And they're like, you should have realized that weird things happen all the time. And when they do, it's always something more than just a weird thing happening. He's like, yeah, I guess. And Willow has protective spells up around the now non-existent walls. Yeah. Maybe you should have put them up around the outside of the wall, not just the inside. Yeah. And the Hoffman's like, I'll dismantle everything you've done. And Willow says to get ready. Because he will actually dismantle everything, yeah. so real quick. And then she says, don't throw away your shot. Close. She <laughs> says we'll only get one shot. But uh, yes, basically. Gonna take a shot. Actually, hey, I don't usually have a drink with me. When I say that line, at least. I was gonna say, 
Well, we're down here, you do. Guess in my general life, I'm not just walking around with a drink, but I will take a shot. Shot. Everyone blasts to Hoffman with lasers and spells while Buffy leaps. What? I just like the lasers. And spells. I'm not going to lie. Well, Buffy epically leaps through the air and brings the scythe down onto Hoffman's neck, all for it to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. And he just backhands her. He actually just says, really? He gets real sassy about it. Mm -mm. And then Dawn, you know, (laughs) with the best defense ever, she's like, what did we ever do that deserves revenge on us? And DeHoffer gets real uppity. He's like, what did you do? What did you do? You took on Yanka away from me. I spent centuries molding her in my image. She was like a daughter. I loved her. You seduced her into leaving me, becoming mortal. And then you broke her heart, humiliated her, and then got her killed. I read that successfully in one try. Yeah. All of that's true. I feel like they've done a lot of really other terrible things to DeHoffrin. Like, I don't know, that whole thing that happened last season. And Willow rejected his job offer. Yeah, there's been a lot of really terrible things that they've done around DeHoffrin recently. And yet he's still stuck on the Anya thing. And then Buffy, redeeming herself from earlier in this arc, from being the worst... Just really cuts through all of his BS. And she goes, uh-uh, not when, buying it. When do I ever say BS? When I'm trying to be podcast appropriate. Yeah, you should do it more. Yeah. Or you could be like in the bull- in the good place and say bullshit. <laughs> I didn't watch that show, you did. That's fine. Because I watched it, it's like you watched it. Anywho. Yeah, Buffy says that she's not buying it because DeHoffrin tortured Anya, had the option of giving her her powers back, and didn't. And mentioned the fact that she killed Anya's best friend in front of her. And goes to Jonathan, like, you know you're working for a guy who will just kill someone to make a point. Always go for the pain when instead of the bloody blah blah. Never go for the kill when you can go for the pain. Got there. And Xander pulls not ghost Anya into it as well. And he's like, yeah, isn't that right? Just Anya, who just glares down at him. Yeah, and they all just, you know, start shooting lasers and spells at each other again. Helpfully, Andrew has Captain America's shield, so... Yeah, that also helps. He's pretty safe. Everyone's fighting over Anya, essentially, even though this isn't the real Anya. And Xander kind of comes down, he's like, you could have used your power to make her stronger, tried to help her be happy, but no, all you cared about was controlling her. And DeHoffren goes to kill Xander, only to have Anya stop him, but not to save Xander. She goes, let me... But to kill him herself. DeHoffren keeps everyone back. Xander tries to plead with her, but not really, I guess. It was more of a last-minute apology. Anya, I'm sorry for everything I did to you and her. And I should have mentioned this earlier. I didn't. I don't know why. Because when I was reading it, it was really in my brain. Uh, Rebecca Isaacs, the artist, has gotten so much better at drawing their faces. Yeah, they're so expressive in this arc. Well, especially I was um, the two that I was really noticing, especially in this last arc, are Anya and Andrew. Yeah. Not that they were bad to start the season with, but they have just grown by miles. Mm -hmm. It's really great to end it with like their... As good as they could be. And even the dialogue with Anya. I love what Xander apologizes. Like, I'm sorry for everything I did to you and her and Anya. Which is such an Anya line. She just goes, oh, now you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Sounds so like Anya. And it helps that like the art just matches her. And Xander gives a heartfelt apology to Anya, saying that he deserves whatever she does. While Buffy is being held down by magic, begging that they were friends and for her not to do this. Okay, I actually really like this, though. Xander's like, I'm really sorry for all of the pain that I caused you, but I really don't honestly think that Anya and I should have gotten married. Bad situation that I just handled poorly. Yeah, he's like, and I and I honestly did believe that you and I needed to not be together for you to figure out who you were because you were haunting me and you weren't Anya, but you didn't know who you were. And he's like, I don't think I handled either one well, but 
I'm not sorry that I thought the way that I did. And it, I just, I liked that moment. I thought that was a good moment for Xander, that he's not just like blindly apologizing, yeah. like save my life. He's just like... No, this is what it is. This I, is what I, I should have handled it better. Yeah. And then, yeah, the we were never friends, any of us. It just kind of had this very unfortunate reminder to me that I always had it in the back of my head that no one really knew what to do with Anya. Yeah. Especially after her and Xander broke up. It's really kind of unfortunate that she was relegated to the girlfriend role, but she kind of was. And I liked the character and I liked the actress. I always just felt like they never quite knew what to do with her. No, it's true. They didn't. Which is too bad. And then Anya, in a flash of blue flame, flashes Xander away for everyone to yell and then some people didn't yell some people are just cowering what's really weird is we see a panel of everyone's face we see don and buffy and spike who all yell things they're on the top half of the page and then on the bottom half of the page no one says anything i feel like the letterer just forgot i don't know just look at it it's top half yes bottom half no i don't know i don't i'm gonna say it again i don't know does it look a little funky to you it does but i didn't notice it until right now yeah and they just look down. Buffy, instead of just one single sexy tear, has two tears streaming from her face. She's like, what did you do? And Anya just said, I made things even. That's all. He made me a ghost. So now I've made him one. And her and DeHoffer laugh while there's a lightning behind them. But no crack and a boom. a pile of steaming ashes where Sander was, by the way. It's harsh. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? But we're on to the last issue of Own It. And we're all just staring at Xander's ashes. And Buffy's like, how could you? And DeHoffman's like, she's not Anya. She's better than Anya. <laughs> so Willow's plan is to murder them all with magic. But they can't. It doesn't work because obviously DeHoffman. Yeah, and Anya's like, yeah, you know how you gave the pencil all of those powers? You can't hurt him. And Buffy's like, she's right. I should have never trusted DeHoffman. I should have trusted myself. Us. Why am I doing a voice? <laughs> I don't know. And everybody just kind of stares at her. Yep, Buffy, that's true. You did screw up. And then she's like, I should have trusted all of us together. I'm so sorry. I wish I had never given you those powers because I'd like to show the Lord of Vengeance to me what vengeance really feels like. And, <gasps> and what is that? Oh, Is that a vengeance wish? But we do get one hell of a panel. I love angry Buffy. We get tears coming down behind her. This is a combination of really everyone working on the art just firing on all cylinders. It's about two-thirds of the page. Two-thirds of Buffy's face, I mean. Yeah, I mean, between the pencils and the inks, but also the colors. Like, it's just this red panel of rage. Yes, it looks awesome. And Anya turns into the weird skin vengeance demon thing and just says, Wish granted. And Hoffer goes, What?! And he loses all of his powers. Buffy slashes him. It's like, how could this be? They're like, yeah, Vengeance Demon. You remember that? And Ani's like, yeah, you made me a slave and a puppet. And I'm not about that. So, hey, guess what? Also, Xander's not dead. Pa-pow! Yeah, so, fun fact. She just made him a ghost. Fake Anya. Well, we don't actually know who she still is. Yeah, she's enough Anya. She's enough Anya to... Basically do what Anya would have done. Yeah, and she made Xander a ghost, so he knew what it felt like to be intangible, and she just goes, vengeance accomplished. And then Xander comes back to life. Yeah. Not ghosty. Yeah, and Hoffrin gets real angry and, you know, just blasts Anya with fire, killing her. Yeah, harsh. (laughs) Harsh that we killed Anya again. Yeah. I honestly could not believe it. I kept turning... I. Turn the page like three times, being like, where does she come back? She doesn't, again. Yeah, no, Anya's dead. I honestly could not believe it, that we killed her for a second time. I could have believed sending her away. I could have believed all sorts of things. But no, she's like burned to a crisp. But she holds on just long enough to have a touching moment with Xander. 
She says she made herself real. You're a good man, Xander Harris. Be happy. I forgive you. And she would too. And then she dies in his arms. Again. Again. What is with this? Yeah. And De Hoffman's like, vengeance demons together. We can win the day. And Jonathan's like, no, you just killed one of us. We're leaving. Yeah. Way to go, Jonathan, for standing up to your new boss who makes you a person. And De Hoffman is enraged and tries to attack everyone again, only for Buffy to Empire Strikes Back and then cuts his hand off. In a spurt of blood. It's very gross. Well, he doesn't have a hand anymore. And he runs away. He's like, another time then. We'll finish this on my terms, not yours. And he goes back to his hell dimension. I guess. Yeah. To his. Yeah, yeah, it is a hell dimension. To his hell dimension. To the med center. He's like, quickly, get me a new hand. And then everyone shows up in the room. Everyone being Buffy and Co. And they're like, oh, hey, remember how I said we were going to use the vampire book now? Well, we made it so Don has her fun key powers. And he's like, oh, hey. dimension. Welcome to my hospital. I do love Buffy's line. Surprise, we grew up. That she should have said bitch. Yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. And to Hoffman's just like, well played. So I'll grant you each a wish. Because I can give I'm you. Because I'm a vengeance demon still. Yeah, Buffy. Don, you want your mom back? Willie, you want Tara back? Giles, I'm like you a good old adult. Xandra will bring back real Anya. And Andrew, I don't know anything about you. Yeah, he's like, I barely even remember your name, so... It's like, I can give you all of it. And they all look at each other with so much side-eye. Everyone has side-eye. I know, they're not even looking at each other. They're just side-eyeing everything because you can't side-eye each other. You guys ever see that Simpsons episode where Homer is working with Mel Gibson to make a movie and he has a dog giving suspicious eyes? No. It's that. I've never seen that. But you've never seen Miracle. And Buffy just says to him, no, we've been down that road and there's always a catch. Instead of wishing for something that can never be, we're going to make the best of what is. And sometimes you get your wish anyway. And she chops off to Hoffman's head. I also had to look at that panel like four times. (laughs) Oh, he's dead. Because it's in, it's in shadow. All silhouette. Yeah, we cut to a few weeks later where we see they have the ashes of second Anya. Mm -hmm. Says that she owned her life. How would that work? How could you get someone cremated if you have no kind of legal documentation about them and then get an urn? Would you have to be like... Because Willow's a witch. Hey, I guess, sure. She can just burn them. (laughs) Literally. So so Wizard did it. Wizard did it, yeah. Short answer. Except Witch did it. And that one I actually can totally believe. She can burn things. I know. This is like the least of the issues in this. And everyone's back in one of the apartments playing video games and battleship and chess. It's a good old game night. They decide they need to figure out what to do about the book again. And Buffy's like, look, everything fell apart last time because I don't trust anybody else to deal with this, but I didn't want to deal with it. But it looks like I actually do need to deal with this. So it's going to be on us now. For real. Yeah, we're going to make a new council. And Willow says that she wants to be part of this council and that she thinks Buffy should be too. And Buffy's like, you know what? What the hell? Let's do some growing up, finally. So they pull a couple other people onto the council that they know. (laughs) Including a vice president, someone who wasn't quite sure of what to do with himself. Someone who thinks that the dreary minutia of magic is a bit of all right. And who might that be? And Giles is like, yeah, shut up, I'll I'll do it. Jesus Christ. But he's actually really pleased. Look at his face. Yeah. Again with the art. I love their faces. And we see them gathering up different members to be on this magical council. I also like that they're meeting at a plaza inn. It just reminded me of a Comic-Con. Just any any of them. For that time we were in an abandoned JCPenney. Yes, and they're like all having their little convention. And who do we see who's on the, the Magic Council? Dracula. Dracula. We love Dracula. And also the Archduchess. And Lila is there 
trying to lobby them. Yeah, I love that there are lobbyists in the magic world. And Dracula's like, I do not deal with that. But Dracula also checks in on Xander, who's like, hello, X-Men servant, how's it going with your child bride? <laughs> not bride, but we are seeing each other again, and, you know, hopefully we'll build something good this time. It's super cute. Yeah. And I like that Buffy and Willow are both all dressed up, like, like big adults. Yeah, and they were in their, you know, professional attire. And they're worried that, you know, this isn't all going to work out. And Spike says, you've got the Slayer. There'll be challenges, sure. It'll be intimidating and overwhelming and at times bloody terrifying. But there'll be good bits, too, and we'll find a way to make it work. And Buffy just goes, subtext much? It's <laughs> not very well. That's why I'm such a crap poet. Oh, poor little Spike. And she gives him a kiss, and Buffy and Willow enter the room, where we see a whole different assortment of demons. Not just Dracula and the Archduchess, we also see three other demons. We'll never learn their names. One of them's like a skull. One of them is a giant cat. One of them is a pile of goo. Yep. And then one of them is going to be Riley. Yay, Riley. I love Riley. Yeah, Riley is on this table as well, and he's like, it's about time normal people had a seat at this table. Because he's arguing with the demon. Also, Riley's not that normal, but anyway, whatever. Close enough. I'll take it. Yeah. And Giles has a gavel and bangs it about. He's like, enough, order, order. And then, you know, Buffy, wrecking this table at this inn. Yeah. Just slams the scythe scythe down on top of the table for no real reason. And she finishes off the season. This isn't going to be easy. Ultimate goal, we're here to try to figure out a way of doing things that doesn't mean us killing each other all the time. Which, let's face it, is not how any of us are used to doing things. Me included. I'll be honest, I have no idea how it's going to go. But that's life, isn't it? And she holds up the scythe in her professional attire. So ending the season, except we get one little coda on everything. It's a where are they now little nice fun drop in from VampCon 2. We saw VampCon 1 when Buffy and Spike had to go into their gladiatorial arena. Uh-huh. And Harmony and Clem and a crew are with them to go find out what's up with Buffy and others. So they run into Buffy, who... They don't really run into Buffy. They find Buffy at a laundromat. Buffy is weirdly dressed like an umpire. It's like she's wearing her double meat palace gear again, like she just hung on to it. Yeah, and they're like, what are you up to, Slayer, now that basically nobody cares about you anymore? There are thousands of Slayers, so what's it like being really boring? And Buffy just gives this amazing glare to the camera. She's like, nope, doing laundry. Uh, go away before I bleach you. Wait, just saw your hair. Too late. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. And she steps on a live wire that's in a puddle that then electrocutes her. Where's a live wire? So Buffy just goes, that's it, and shoves everyone inside of a washer and or dryer. And Harmony just goes, this is why nobody likes you, which is kind of true. But, I mean, Harmony's pretty annoying too, so whatever. Another day happens and Harmony finds Buffy and Spike on the street. And she accosts them and she's like, so you two were dating and basically Spike is my leftovers, so whatever. Yeah, asking Buffy about, you know, the future, she goes, so what makes you so special that you always have to change the way things have worked out for millennials? And she's like, you mean millennia? Only for a streetcar to come at them. And luckily, because there's two vampires and a slayer, they can stop the streetcar. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. And then Buffy throws them all into a streetcar. Yeah, Buffy's like, I'm all done with this. I thought we already talked about this. Next day. Buffy and Giles are hanging out at a library. Only to be accosted by Harmony yet again. Then Giles looks at one of the crew members and goes, hang on, didn't she used to be the sound man for the Watcher's training program? And then Buffy goes, a Watcher and a vampire, huh? I'm starting to get an idea of who's behind all these attempts to kill me. 
And then the Watcher and the Vampire, who are the crew for Harmony, by the way, are like, good, I'm glad it's all out in the open. We hate you. And then they attack Buffy and Giles, and they kill them as, you know, you do. Buffy and Giles killed the two bad guys, not the other way around. <laughs> That'd be a weird way to end the Just season. so we're clear. So all of the accidents were set up by those guys. Yeah, Rogue Watcher, Rogue Vampire teamed up to get Buffy. And Harmony's like, look, rules exist for a reason, and you've been breaking them left and right, so You owe us why? an explanation. Yeah. And Buffy just says, nope. So Harmony says, there you have it, she just doesn't care. The Slayer who changed everything is going to keep on blazing her own trail, leaving a question only time will answer. Is she the best Slayer ever? Or the worst. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, that was printed in a Dark Horse Day Sampler in 2016. Oh. So to get a sense of the books they're doing. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, sure. It works in that context, less in the context of the season. Yeah, whatever. So that's the end of season 10 for everybody. Yeah. Just talking about the Buffy side of things, as a whole, I liked it. Me too. And I like this a lot. This arc felt much less awkwardly paced from the last arc yeah this definitely had a reason for everything that happened it didn't feel like it was being stretched out just to write it for a trade everything that happened felt necessary to the story yeah i also really liked that the whole xander and dawn thing was wrapped up relatively quickly mostly because it wasn't gonna go anywhere and it was just gonna get more annoying the longer that they spread it out and so i really appreciate that they they left it long enough for it to be angsty for buffy and the crew on earth but not so long that it was a bore every time it cut back to them. And then when they were going on their little hopping through the dimensions game, I also liked that they only had one panel per dimension, so it was like... Yeah. It just moved things along nicely. I appreciated that. I love seeing Angel come back, even though at the end of it they didn't really solve anything. Yes, I thought you meant in this one, and I was like, Angel didn't come back no, in this one, but No, it was the yes. season as a whole, just thinking back at the season... I like having Giles back in the mix and kind of finding a new role for him. I like that the worlds are merging more. I like that Lila was over here this time. I like that Wolfram yeah. Hart is part of the world. I like that Arceus jumped around. I like... I, mean, I nitpicked this season to death, but as a whole, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I think, honestly, sometimes it's easier to nitpick something that you enjoy because you don't have major structural problems with it. You can just be like, this little thing. Yeah, that's all... It's all small stuff. As a whole, this was a strong season, which I greatly enjoyed. Is season 11 <sighs> wrapped up yet? Uh, yeah. In se- real world? Yeah, yeah. Season 11's been done for a while. But season 12? Has not been announced. Okay. Although it's probably happening. Buffy, I think, is like Dark Horse's fifth best-selling book. I doubt it's going anywhere. Angel has a much greater chance of getting the axe. Okay, not that I want Angel to go away, but how cool would it be if they were back under one, if all the characters were back under one book? Let that be for a retrospective episode. Wouldn't that be cool, though? I also have thoughts about that. Okay, anyway. We'll get there. We'll get there. And I love the art this season. It, I know I said early on, like, it wasn't bad, but you're going to see it, like, grow as it went on, and it just, it did. I it love, was great. I love that the art became, you could almost see the whole story through the art without reading which is always the best that you can do. Yeah. I like this creative team a lot. There's a lot of trust going back and forth, I think, which you can usually see when you don't have to worry about over-explaining a thing when you can just let the story kind of play itself out and you don't see a big disconnect between the two. Yeah, it was great. They complemented each other very nicely, especially in this last arc. As a whole, and we're going to see that course correction for next time, Every season has been a bit smaller than the last, and season 11 coming next, say next year, really next episode, but I like having shorter seasons. Having a more concise story, I think, works really well. 
And we're going to see next year is going to be the smallest season yet, and also I think one of the strongest, so I'm not against it. It'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually really looking forward to talking about season 11. Are we going to start with Buffy or Angel? I guess Buffy. It doesn't really matter. They don't touch it at all, so. Okay. Well, then, on that note, you have anything else about this one? Yeah, I like the De Hoffman was the villain, because one of the harder things is to add in a new villain with legitimacy, but De Hoffman, you know, you already have that established connection from years and years past, so I liked using him. I also like that it made sense naturally, because he was a vengeance demon, is a vengeance demon, was, yeah. whatever tense you want to use, and they were always skeptical of his help, and I like that this time... They should have been more skeptical, but they weren't. I enjoyed that. I guess I'll do it for this week. If you want to get the show a week early, patreon.com slash editorsnocomics. Minimum of a buck a month will do that. The rest of the internet-y stuff for iTunes, please rate, review, subscribe. A few more people have done it, which I appreciate. But Thank the more, you so much. Yeah, the more that do, the more visibility we have, which is always appreciated. If you want to get us on the internet, editorsnotecomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and email editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Yeah. I guess, for more Buffy. Season 11. Such good stuff. All right, see ya. Bye.